Oh, you're sweet. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get started now. Okay. And by the way, I'm not going to use the video, which is going to be the audio. So yeah. Okay. Right. I just showered. My hair is wet. So <laughs> <laughs> I haven't showered. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Hey there, welcome to the More Civil Podcast. My name is Mo. I created this podcast as a resource for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them to share stories and processes and build community around important issues. On this show, you get to hear amazing stories from people like you who show us how to get more out of life. The stories featured on this platform are by people whose journey I'm inspired by, and most importantly, people who have been courageous and vulnerable to be open about their life stories. And I hope that in turn, you'll find these stories inspiring. Hi guys, welcome back to the show. And today we're going to be talking about something really important, and that is the scars we hide. And today to talk with me on that issue is someone I met online. And I really do love making connections with people, especially podcasters, because one, there's so much you can learn from them. And then when you have a podcaster who shares a story about issues that I'm very passionate about, I think it makes it the more exciting. So with me today is Kaylin, and she has a passion, Kaylee Johnson. She has a passion for people. She loves quickly and wholeheartedly. And that kind of sounds like me. She has a bachelor's um, of arts degree in theater arts studies from Brigham Young University in Utah. And people and their stories have always been very important to her which is part of the reason why she started her own podcast called Scars We Share. Her husband and three young children bring her immense joy. And she loves being outside. She loves windy days. She loves good food and good conversation. Sounds familiar, guys. No, I'm not talking to myself today. I'm talking with Kaylin Johnson. Kaylin, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. And I, I love I love what you do. It's why I brought you on the show. And I know I have an ep- I have, I've done a taping on your show and I think it was very more important to have you on here. Even though the show is for blacks, Asians, and those who love them, you definitely fall under one of those categories in that I feel like scars is something that binds all of us together, regardless of what our race or orientation or whatever is. And I love the diversity of stories you have on your, on your platform. So I guess, you know, how's Utah today? And uh, I love Utah. I haven't been there before. I'm jealous that you guys have, you know, the Zion Park, right? And yeah, so many parks and it's just beautiful. And there's also the Mormon community, which, you know, I don't know a lot about, but I've watched, you know, some movies and I've engaged a couple of people from, you know, the LDS church and all that. I have a very good friend. She does Toastmasters with me and she's from the LDS church as well. And I just I love that Utah is like that part of it's. I know it's a state in the U.S., but it feels like another country you can just go visit and you feel like you're in a separate place. <laughs> I uh, yes, um, I actually just recently left the LDS Church. Oh yeah, I remember. Um, I saw that on your, yeah. on your Facebook page. Yes, uh, that's been your life, right? Yeah, I, I, I was born in born yeah, but born wow. and raised in the church. So like, I really there are many aspects of Utah that are act that I do actually really like and that have been growing on me. I went through a spell of like really kind of hating it. Here. Yeah. mostly because of like the the culture around it and sometimes the culture is still kind of difficult Mm -hmm. but 
It's extremely family friendly, mm-hmm. and since because because of the LDS Church, really. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, so I do really like that. Like it's very friendly, family friendly, and there's so much to do. There yeah. really are. Like it's beautiful. There's so much to do here. We get all four seasons. Wow, and they're distinct. Right? I love when when places have like distinct seasons. Like you can tell yes. it's winter when it's fall. Yes. <laughs> now, given that the LDS Church has been such an integral part of your life, and it's not you living hasn't meant that it's left you because I think it's going to take a while for you to really come to that standpoint. Like, have you thought about it? Have you, and this is one I've heard and it might be wrong. So you can maybe call me out on that. Like once you leave the church and you say all that renouncement, people are not supposed to talk to you anymore. Like, so your friends, people that you've known for a long time, because they want to keep their loyalty to the church. They have to like stop communicating with you. Has that happened to you yet? Um, not really. Um, cause like, that's not but is how that it's true. Su- Does that happen? It's actually not how it's supposed to be. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, it does happen a lot. Uh, uh. So it's, it's really not something that is supposed to happen. They don't encourage. Okay. Well, it's at the church, that- like they, they don't actually say like, if you leave, you should stop associating yeah. with those people. It, some people just do that. Yeah. But I've actually, I'm very fortunate in that I have a very supportive family. Like my, my actual, um, like my parents, my siblings and whatnot, they, um, a couple of my siblings left the church when they were teenagers. Oh, and so you have so, like someone to like a precedence that can help you. Yeah. Guide so process. in my family, like it's, it's not like this big huge deal i guess like i don't know how to explain it so my family is super great and supportive and my in-laws i know that some of them have kind of struggled but overall they're like super supportive and i have really good friends who like once i like really came out because i came out very publicly like i posted on (laughs) I, i did it very publicly to say that i was leaving the church and i've been like overwhelmed with support and love from people both in and outside the church yeah, so yeah. but that is i know that that is a unique and um kind of you un- uh, it's a unique and special experience because a lot of people don't have that positive of an experience when they decide to leave well um i'm glad you still have that community because i can imagine with kids it's very important that they don't even though the change you're making was for you and environment for your kids for the things that was really important to you but you don't want them to be that much of a catastrophic um shift in addition to everything you have to do with covid and all of that kind of stuff so i'm just curious to know i mean living a church is one thing what does religion mean to you now as far as your faith like you would you still consider yourself a christian even though you're not like part of the lds anymore yeah so i I kind of mentioned this in my post, like just because I'm leaving the church doesn't mean I'm leaving spirituality or anything like that. There are many, there are things that I learned in the church, in the church that I consider to be beautiful truths. Like we have a heavenly father and a heavenly mother. Yeah. And that's something that I very firmly believe and hold on to. And so like that's one of my biggest things is like I very firmly believe in a heavenly father and mother and that they are always there for us Um, I have kind of shifted some of my thoughts and beliefs 
and like how I think they interact, I guess. I was kind of taught that like, if you pray really hard, like God will grant what you want kind of stuff. And I've come to realize that that's not the truth for me. Like they, they can't just take things away. That's like, that would be taking people's agency away if they just fixed everything for you. So my, my relationship has actually gotten, I feel like deeper with my heavenly parents through like deciding to leave and working through all of that. I feel like my relationship has actually gotten deeper because I found out that for me, praying for strength and comfort is more important than praying for things to be light, like lightened or taken away from you. And so that little shift has actually been really good. So yeah, I definitely still consider myself like a Christian. I like, I'm still a spiritual person. I just don't necessarily think that. As limited to the, the like it's, it's not the boundaries and the, the packaging is no longer attached to the LDS group. Yes, exactly. Like I would be more than happy to go like to other churches for a week or two, you know, like yeah. I, but I just, I'm kind of just content. Hey, you have Saturdays that. free now. So I guess probably that's a good thing. <laughs> yes. Now I have Saturdays. Are you going to start nice. eating meat again and drinking coffee and soda? <laughs> so I'm all for those kind of things. <laughs> I did start drinking tea. Like, how dare you, Kayleen? <laughs> I know. How dare I? I know. Like, it was one of the first things that I kind of like, as I decided that I was going to probably walk away, I was like, I'm going to try tea. Like, I'm going to try black tea because I had herbal tea because herbal tea is okay. Yeah. yeah but black yeah. tea, you're not yeah, supposed to caffeine, have. Black- yeah. Oh my gosh. How do um, you guys keep it? I, I can't do life without coffee or tea. <laughs> How do you guys not blow each other up and you're so nice with running butter, making granola bars and smiling and going on mission trips? How do you guys power yourselves? Kombucha? <laughs> I know. Like, seriously. Well, okay. So here's the thing. And this is actually something that I, that like kind of frustrates me. Tea isn't okay. Like tea and coffee with caffeine isn't okay. But Pepsi and Coke and energy drinks and all of those things are okay and they just did that recently i, re- I heard like with brigham young byu they allowed those kind of stuff in the cafeteria was it like three four years ago yeah oh no so those those slurpy garbage is good but not tea and coffee like yeah that literally grows from the earth oh my god yes it's definitely something that i thought about a lot and because yeah. i try really hard anymore to not have I don't want to necessarily say like bad caffeine because I don't want to do that. Oh, I know, like, I know. Like, you know, living as bad. I, yeah. I really try not to have like soda, caffeinated soda. I mean, every once in a while, I, I like, I love root beer. And yeah. like, but I try really hard not to have like Coke or anything like that anymore yeah. because I would, I'm like, I would much rather have my caffeine from tea. I've never tried coffee because I've I've never had a desire to try coffee, but tea. Once you go coffee, (laughs) you never go back. (laughs) Once you go black, you never go back. Like for real, for real, literally with coffee. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Well, you know, um, I I'm I'm a Christian, and I've had to re-engineer my faith and find a place where I fit in. I've had to let go of some of the thoughts I had about the whole religion thing. 
And now I'm in a space where I'm able to, you know, practice my faith in the way that I want it to be. And I'm learning a lot. And it seems like that's the process for you. So I wish you all the very best. And I pray that you don't get to that. Like the the route you're going of, you know, trying to build community and make the world a better place. I hope it it keeps being that way for you. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, um, so let's do a little bit of a pivot here. As human beings, we we want to be strong. We want to maintain our composure, you know, and generally appear collected. We have engineered a world where when we take pictures, we put out the best one, right? But being, being vulnerable, I think, is that thing that upsets the upper cart. You know, it upsets that illusion of perfection we try to create. Mm-hmm. Therefore, many people shy away from it. So... What do you think is anything to be gained from choosing to be vulnerable? And how is vulnerability to you different from being weak? So to me, vulnerability isn't weakness. Uh, Like, I'm going to give you an example. (laughs) And it's something that I try really hard to do. When someone asks you, when a friend especially asks you, hey, how are you doing today? So many people are quick to say, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And they put on a smile and say that they're fine. When inside, they may be like sobbing (laughs) and really, really struggling. I think that it is way, way stronger to say, you know, today's kind of been a rough day, but thanks for asking. Yeah. You don't even have to like... You don't even necessarily have to delve into why it's a rough day, but you're being honest. And I think there's so much more strength in being honest and vulnerable than trying to hide everything. Because if you try to hide everything inside, it weakens you. I like, I honestly think that vulnerability is power Mm. because it's, it's accepting what you're going through and who you are and allowing other people to see that. And when you do that, it's giving yourself power because you're not holding anything back. When you hold something inside, it weakens you. Mm. And I I compare this a lot to uh, like baking soda and vinegar. If you combine the two, they just yeah. explode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so there's like this film canister thing where you put a little bit of baking powder in a paper towel. And put it in like the top of the film canister and then put vinegar in the film canister. Put the lid on and flip it upside down. And eventually when the baking soda mixes mixes with the vinegar, the lid shoots off into the air. Because there's so much pressure that's built up that it explodes. And I think that's exactly what happens when you are not vulnerable. When When you choose to hold everything in it's going to come out at one point or another. And typically when it does get to that pressure point of where it explodes, it's not in a good way. Yeah. To me, vulnerability is power. So let's lean into that. Let's lean into our power. Mm. So that way you can be the best that you can be. I mean, it's so true what you just said, and it's so timely for me. I, I, I'd always known that. I just got off a session with my therapist, would explain this glow I'm having on my face. And she said something to me that I have this tendency of caging my feelings. And in doing that, 
I am at a risk of increasing cortisol levels in my body that you know caused me to build stress. I was talking to her about a particular issue I was having, and she could sense that I wasn't very. It was something you know that I could get angry and mad about, but I wasn't doing that, and so she was kind of worried that I wasn't expressing my feelings about it. And I do have that tendency, but I do agree with you. I say all of that to say. Um, the strength in in being vulnerable, and I know that um, for so many people, being vulnerable has caused them a lot. You know, caused them their sense of agency, like opening up to a friend or a spouse or a significant other. You're made to feel like a lesser person, and I always say this that it it shows it reflects more on them than on you. Once yes. you that vulnerability, and they want to trample upon it, you haven't done anything wrong, you know, and so. I know people tend to be very careful, like, you know, I don't want to, you know, put myself out there. Like, to what end? Like, what am I trying to prove? I'm human. I've only done this once. I don't know how life really works. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fall into, you know, a lot of things that will make me get into a funky mood. But it, I think it's okay to express that vulnerability. And another thing I wanted to ask you is this about your podcast. You know, painful stories are not usually fun to tell. And I am quite a sensitive person. I tend to carry a lot of feelings of people, of people suffering and all that with me. And that's why I tend to avoid a lot of movies about, you know, I just, I would just cry. I, I cry and it stays, it lingers on with me like, like a skunk yeah. smell, you know. So painful stories are not usually fun to tell, yet you choose to, and you center your podcast around sharing tough experiences people have gone through. I mean, the title of your podcast is literally called Scars to Share. Like if you were, yeah. If you didn't even know what that meant, just the name alone, you, you have an idea. Like people know all oh, the more simple podcasts. What is it about? No, you don't know unless you like listen to, to the tagline. Why? Like how? Like why is why is your podcast like that? And <laughs> what gave you the effort to do that? And I'm asking that in a very nice way because I'm curious to know what your process was like putting that together. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of I've talked to you about this a little bit before, mm-hmm. but I've always been an open person. Like I just, I've always been a very open person. I'm always been willing to talk feelings and I don't know, like I've just always been that way. It's just, I honestly think it's just kind of part of who I am. Um, And that has really helped me to help other people throughout my life unknowingly, because when I open up to someone it lets them know that they can open up to me. And that's never how I, like, that's often not how I ever approached things. I'm just an open person. So I would just be open and honest with people, but then they would see that and they're like, Oh, she's giving something. So it's okay for me to give back. Like she's a safe person to give, to tell my things to. And so that's something that's always been in my life. And as I've grown older and had different friends that are because I grew up in LDSville in Idaho and I mean I did come to BYU like LDSville Utah Uh, but as I've talked to people with very different backgrounds from me I realized that talking about your experiences really 
can create this deeper connection that is impossible to have unless you're willing to open up and share those experiences. Mm. And it's, you're right. It's painful. And it's not always easy to open up and share our experiences. There's been so many tears shed on my podcast (laughs) on both sides. I listened to a couple of them and I was crying. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like it's, it's, it is hard to do, but it's also so beautiful and releasing it's such a good release of something that we talk about in theater and not just in theater but we talk about it quite a bit in theater is catharsis yeah and i think that opening up and sharing your story is very cathartic and very healing why do people go to therapy why like so they can talk things through with another person and get help with working through everything that they need to work through and so I'm not a therapist. I honestly feel like I missed that calling in life. But <laughs> Your podcast is a therapy podcast. <laughs> it kind of is. Um, and so like, to me, I just wanted to create a platform where people were safe and comfortable to share those experiences because it's healing to them. It's so, so healing to share your experience because as you start talking about your experience and really delving into what happened, it helps you process it and it feels good to get it out. It's like getting out of yourself, getting it off of your chest. And then it helps other people because you are not the only person who has been through what you're going through. Hmm. And Hmm. so when you let other people hear that, it creates this connection and understanding for other people where they're like, I'm not alone. Yeah. And so I don't know. I think that through, through sharing those difficult stories, that's where we get the deeper connection. And so that's really where it came from is just wanting people to be, to have a safe space to share and hear people's difficult experiences because it's in the title scars we share all of us have these physical and internal scars that someone else can connect to and understand but we can't create that deeper connection if we don't talk about it that's so true so um thanks for sharing that i totally agree with that it's great in that space for people to share their stories because there's so much freedom and growth in being able to articulate you know the scars so I've had my podcast for three years, and I remember when I started, it was very soft, you know, low-hanging fruits, used a lot of my friends, just talked about your like favorite foods and all that. But then as time went on, it became to get deeper, you know. And what I would attribute to that is I became deeper. I, I mean, I knew that to start a podcast, I had to be authentic. So that was not, you know, something I, I was going to bargain. Yeah. But I realized that I was opening up more. You know, so talking about pregnancy losses, talking about, you know, um, infertility, talking about body image issues, talking about that feeling of worthlessness, depression, anxiety. And the more I did all of that, the more my community started growing in that I'll have people email me, inbox me, DM me. Oh, I love that episode. I didn't even going through that. Oh, well, I'm going through that as well. It was nice for someone to like say things that, you know, I couldn't talk about publicly. Your podcast means a lot to me. And of course, you go on that ego trip like, huh, well, I'm glad. And you want to do more and more because you've seen just how much impact it's had. So I'm yeah. curious to know, um, what, like, how did you give back to your podcast in such a way that people are willing to come and talk to you 
about these cars and i was on your podcast like you know just last week or two weeks ago and i told you stuff that i haven't ever shared on a podcast before so i feel like there's something about you and the way you 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 like you're not compelling the story out we just want to talk to you what do you think that is about you you know i have honestly tried to i have thought about this like i really have put some thought into this and i have not been able to come up with an answer really <laughs> because um i don't know exactly what it is but people are i don't know just kind of drawn to being open with me yeah and i do think that one part of it is I try really really hard to be an active listener mm. and not not listen to respond. Cuz I I don't know if you've ever listened to a podcast where it's a guest based, you know, they have guests on each episode mm. and it's almost like the host keeps overpowering the guest. They keep kind of taking the conversation back over. Yeah. And I try really really hard to not do that. Mm-hmm. Of course I'll interject, you know, of course I'll interject and ask more questions to draw yeah. the story mm-hmm. out more. But I try really hard to make sure that it is focused on the guest mm-hmm. because it's it's their episode. They're the ones who are being open and sharing their story. This is not like yes, it's my platform. I've created this platform, but this is about them. It's their time. And I Yeah, it's their time. And so I think that that has made a difference is I let people talk. And I as I've as I've done it more and more cuz it's been going for over a year now. So I've done I don't know, at least like at least 75 recordings for my podcast at this point. Um so I've gotten a little bit better, but I can I can tell who needs more from me and who just needs the one or two questions and then they completely just take over and can share their story and i think that that is really helpful to some guests so if you listen to the podcast there are some episodes where i talk a lot more mm-hmm. and it's because i was able to tell that those guests needed a little bit more interaction. They needed a little bit more for me to have to pull it out of them. Whereas there are other episodes where I hardly speak because the guest just takes off, which is really beautiful to me. So I I think that that could be part of it as well. Um but I wanted to mention this earlier and that I forgot, but it, I, the thought just popped into my head again. The thing that is really interesting about me is cuz I'm I'm very I'm sensitive to feelings yeah. when other like I'm a sympathetic crier I like I I very much feel other people's emotions very strongly I absolutely am a very sensitive person that way but it doesn't stay with me or pull me down if that makes sense so okay. while I'm in the moment while I'm in the podcast with them I'm feeling and experiencing what they're like 
I don't want to say I'm experiencing what they're experiencing, but like vicariously, I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, but like, but I'm I'm feeling what they're, I'm feeling their emotions, and I'm getting and I'm feeling it deeply. But then afterward, it's like gone. So I feel typically afterward, I feel so invigorated and happy after I record for my podcast. It doesn't matter how deep or intense the episode was. Like, seriously, it doesn't matter what was spoken about, which is very like we get some extremely deep things on my on my podcast i have never once come out of a call feeling down every single time i record i leave feeling so excited because someone was willing to open up and share their story and so i don't know if that has an effect at all on things in that like I'm there. I'm in the moment, and I experience things with them, and I can things with them. But I take that with me, and so I don't know if that has something to do with it as well. I really yeah. have. I have no idea. No, I but... mean it's a gift to have. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to turn this a little bit to you. Can you share a physical scar you've had? Yeah. Oh goodness. Uh, <laughs> so big scar that I have physically and it is one of the things that kind of like led into me creating my podcast Mm -hmm. um I got really really sick in 2016 I was sick for two months Mm -hmm. and ended up in the ICU and needing and I needed a lung surgery because I had such a bad lung infection that I was I had sepsis I had septic Sepsisemia or sepsis. Oh, you um, died. Yeah, like I, I, I honestly think that if I had waited another day, I, I would have, I wouldn't have made it. Um, so I, I went to the ER and, you know, running all their tests and doing everything. The eventually the lung specialist came in and was like, she needs to be on oxygen and she needs to get up to the ICU now. And it was a whirlwind. Oh my gosh, it was a whirlwind. I got rushed up to ICU. They did a thoracentesis where they took this extremely long needle and, and stuck then, it through yeah, my back and into my lungs mm-hmm. yep, to take out as much as I could. Mm-hmm. But then I had to go into surgery the next day to have them go in and actually like manually clean out my lung. Um, I had what they call an empyema which is basically like a, a pus infected field filled yeah. pocket. Uh, and I had multiple in my left lung. And so they had to go in and take them all out and clean it. Well, of course they like, what is some like? So, so it's really weird. This all, it all started in February. I got strep throat. I got strep throat. February February fifteenth is when I got tested positive for strep throat, and they the only thing that they can think is that it somehow got into my lung because shortly after that, and like I wasn't just sick doing nothing for two weeks for two months. Like I went to urgent care three times within those two months. I went to the ER one time and then I went to the ER again. Uh, But I also went to a family doctor. Like I was not just sitting around waiting for this to like 
get worse. Like I was going to the doctor trying to get help and no one was taking me seriously, uh, which was really frustrating. Uh, but that's kind of where we think that it all started was that strep throat. It somehow got down into my lung. I did multiple rounds of antibiotics and nothing was working. And ultimately what it was is it got into the pleural space. So there's a space in, in your lung yeah. that's just empty so that your lung can expand. Yeah. And that's where my infection was. And so there's not much blood flow to that area. And so my like... I was really, really sick. I had an extremely high heart rate. I uh, breathing was really difficult, extremely painful. I couldn't lay down. I I couldn't lie down flat because it was so painful and so difficult to breathe huh. that like I just couldn't lie down. So I was I slept in a recliner for about a month and a half. No way. Um, because I I couldn't lie down. Uh, even just getting up to go to the bathroom took so much energy and strength that I usually had to have my husband help me get up and go to the bathroom because it was so draining. Just that little bit. It was the most miserable I have ever been in my whole life. Ended up in ICU, needing this surgery, and they wanted to try to do it laparoscopically because it's a much easier healing process. And shortly after they got started into the surgery, they're like, this is way too bad to do laparoscopically. So I have, it's only about five inches now. It was more like six inches, this scar that That I have on my back. Is that one on your website? What was that? There's one on your website. Is that it? Yeah, the one that's my the, my podcast. Yeah, yeah, um, your website. Logo, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's me. Yeah, that's me. Uh... Yeah, and so yeah, I have this super long scar there um, from them having to open me up and do the surgery. And they yeah. said that it would be like two to th- what was it? No, three to five. I think they said it was going to be about a three to five hour surgery, and it yeah. ended up being closer to six because it was, yeah, it was so long. bad. Yeah. And then they had to put in chest tubes. So that way I, I think like, drain yeah. the next yeah. few days. Yeah. So that's my like big physical scar. Um, but I, it's, I can see like almost every day. Do you know that podcast is going mainstream and that there are many people all over the world listening to podcasts daily? For example, in the U.S. alone, one in every three persons listen to at least one podcast every month. Well, that's a lot of people. Do you also know that podcast listeners tend to be more loyal, affluent, and educated? Speaking of these retro qualities, did you also know that on a monthly basis, thousands of people all over the world listen to the Marcible podcast? Hmm. Well, do you have a business, service, event, or product you would love loyal, affluent, and educated listeners to hear about? Then look no further. To promote your services on the podcast, send an email to talk to more at mostable.com today. Or you can visit our website at www.mostable.com. That is www.mostable.com. So, I mean, like I told you on my podcast, I have scars too from my surgery. Yeah. And one of the things I've had to grapple with is just... I mean, there's still that body image part of it because mine is smack dab from the end of my novel very all the way down to where my vagina starts. So there's no escaping it. And while I hold one thought of, oh my gosh, it's so ugly. I hate this car. The other thought is, 
oh, oh, I'm glad I'm alive. I could have died. Um, do you have the same feeling like I just described? Or when you see your scars, like what do they remind you of? So for the first little while, um, I, so that summer, I'll, I'll just kind of give you a little. So the, the summer afterward, I ended up going to a family reunion for my family. And we were going to Bear Lake for a day during the family reunion and I needed a new swimsuit. And so when I went to find swimsuits, I was very specifically trying to find swimsuits mm. that would hide the scar on my back. And, but like, it wasn't from a, like, I don't like the scar. It was almost more of like, I don't want to draw attention to it kind mm. of thing. Mm. Yeah. But now I'm like, screw it. I don't, I don't give a crap. Like, I don't, if, but if my clothes, if my bathing shoes, bathing suit, if anything shows that scar, oh well, because I quite literally almost died. And that scar shows that I didn't. I'm still here to keep living my life. Um, so I've, I think the reason that it wasn't such a big deal to me is because I'd been working on my self image. Uh, really really hard prior to uh, all of that uh, which is actually another thing that kind of like led into me making my podcast uh, but I so I'd been really working on accepting my image before I have ever had the surgery and so once I was like I don't need to hide this to try to like not show it not draw attention to it what, like that was really the only thing that I had to work through because the the biggest thing for me was I'm alive and that's what matters to me because yeah. uh, I've had two children since I had that surgery yeah. so like the fact that I'm here to and I was able like, to expand my family and be here for them is far more important to me than my scar i'm not i i don't want that to invalidate other people's experiences no no this is your experience i would just take you for yeah one. yeah you don't have to yeah. worry about other people i was asking about <laughs> thank you for, thank you for answering that candidly now let's turn out a little bit of attention to your emotional scars have you got any that you like to share <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man like put I up mean, my recliner yeah, like, <laughs> and my cup of tea so my little cup of <laughs> black tea <laughs> oh my gosh my uh poor that's what i've been having this poor tea it's so good anyway um, oh yeah those are good i love those <laughs> it's so good so there's like so many i used to not think that i had a whole lot uh, like naively i used to think that i didn't have a whole lot of emotional like internal scars yeah and then as i've been working through imposter syndrome, honestly, with my podcast, I've realized, oh, I actually have a lot more than like I thought there was, but I'm like, I've, I've been thinking like, what do I want to share? And honestly, the thing that is the most difficult right now mm-hmm. is and I'm, I'm going to try really hard to not make this sound bad. Cause like, Oh, I'm just going to say things and then I hope they come out. Okay. It's fine. We'll, 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 we'll start it out afterwards. Just <laughs> so the thing that has been the hardest f- 
for me lately is having a spouse with mental illness. Hmm. And I never like the reason I I'm always like hesitant to say that is I know that I don't necessarily have it worse than he does. Like I'm so grateful that I don't have mental illness. I'm so grateful that that's not something that I struggle with. I'm a very positive, op- optimistic, happy person and like so I'm extremely grateful that mental illness is not something that I have to worry about for myself personally. And so I know I I don't ever want people to think that I have it worse than someone with mental illness. That's not at all what I'm saying. Uh but it still is really really hard to have a mentally ill spouse. Yeah, I honestly think that that's like my biggest thing that I've been trying to work through lately and it's it's been bad this year because of the pandemic and that's like but that's not just us like that is pretty much across the board anyone everyone has been struggling more lately but especially people who already have mental illness it has been elevated during the pandemic so this year things have kind of come to a head it've gotten a lot more difficult and so i think that's where my biggest struggle is right now so I've kind of had people talk about this on my podcast I don't even know that it's necessarily a scar right now it's still kind of an open wound (laughs) that you know I'm still working through but I think it's really important to talk about those things too because don't we all have open wounds that we're working through I guess the thing that's been really hard is I had this image in my mind of what marriage and motherhood was going to look like. How so? So, and honestly, this is also, wow, I didn't even think about this, but this is also very much an emotional scar stemming from the LDS church that I grew up in. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's very kind of intermingled in this. But I was raised that the woman's job is in the home, supporting her husband and raising children and taking care of the home. Like, I was very much raised, like, that's where a woman should be is in the home. You know, barefoot and pregnant kind of thing. Um, Very strongly, that's how I was raised, not just in my family, but by my community as well. And so I, we, I was still encouraged to get education. Uh-huh. I was still, yeah, I was still encouraged to get education. And so uh, that is ultimately why I did go to college and whatnot. Uh-huh. But I was never encouraged to study something that would help me get a job because my job wasn't to be outside the home. My job was to be in the home and my husband's uh-huh. job was to support and provide. And so all growing up, I had this image in my head of what it was supposed to be. And so what it was supposed to be was I was home raising the kids while my husband held a nine to five job and came home and was happy and helped with the kids and the housework. And we had this like perfect little happy life. And, you know, we'd struggle for a few years and then we'd buy a house. And like, I had this very specific image of what it was all supposed to look like. And that is not 
at all what has happened. Um, we, my husband has struggled with mental illness, which has gotten progressively worse as we've been married, um, because, partially because of our, our um, living experience. Like we are still living in a small two bedroom apartment with three kids. And my husband, despite our efforts has not been able to find, um, a full-time job. Like we've honestly both been applying to jobs. We've both been applying and nothing has happened. I, I've applied to so many jobs. Like I cannot even tell you how many I have, I have applied to. And so, um, so like the way that my marriage and whatnot has turned out has been very different from what I expected. Hmm. Not to say it's bad. I honestly, I love my life, even though it's really difficult sometimes. I love my family. I love my husband. And I think that we really do have a beautiful relationship. It's just not what I expected it to be all growing up. And so where it gets really difficult, like, and it's something that I have to work through. And my husband knows, like, we have a very open relationship and we're very open and honest with each other. So all of these things that I'm saying to you, he and I have talked about. Um, but the thing that's difficult is you have needs as a person and they vary from person to person, what you need. I personally need like, I don't want to say words of affirmation, but kind of words of affirmation. Like a natural language. And that's nothing, that's nothing wrong. Yeah. It's how you want to be. Yeah, exactly. And so like, I, assurance, affirmation. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 exactly. And so I like it. Like when I've done a lot that day for the kids or cleaned a lot, I like to be thanked for those things. I like from, I like to be noticed. Oh, thank you so much. You did a lot. And I really appreciate it. I really like that because of my husband's mental illness, it makes it very difficult for him to notice and realize, Hey, she just did, she did all this. You should thank her. Um, and that like, that's not the extent I'm giving like a very like kind of basic level. No, no, I Uh, but so, so there are needs that I have that are sometimes almost impossible to be met because of my husband's mental illness. And that has been the hardest thing for me. And like, and something that I have to remind myself when I'm in a dip where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, my needs aren't being met, but they can't be met right now. Cause more like more often than not, I'm good. I can handle it. I'm a very strong person. Like more often than not, I'm good. But there's definitely times where I'm really in a dip because I'm like, I have needs that aren't being met and they can't be met and this sucks. But what I have to always remind myself is like, but it's like, it's not his fault. He's not purposely doing this, <laughs> trying yeah. to make my life difficult. Like that's yeah. not at all what it is. And I see the pain and heartache that it causes him when he sees me struggling as a direct result because of his mental illness. So like, it's so I know it's really hard on him, which actually does help because it's like he's not a psychopath like trying to hurt me. It's just like yeah. yeah, like it is just it's mental illness that's just keeping him from fulfilling all of my needs sometimes. So 
that's really like the, I think that's like my biggest thing that I'm working through right now. Yeah. It's been really hard. Um, and there are things that make that more difficult. Of course, like we're really poor. And so he can't go get counseling. He can't go get the help that we know that he needs to help him be healthier because we can't afford it. Like I'm, I'm trying to look into resources that would, that would be able to help him out a little bit, uh, but that takes time and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's been like one of the hardest things for me. Great. Uh, but it's definitely different from what I expected. And that's just something that I'm really having to work through. And mental illness sucks big time. And I don't even, I, I don't even have it. I just am experiencing it in my family and with my in-laws and whatnot. It's so hard, though. I mean, it's it doesn't it doesn't make it any easier knowing that you know. Well, I don't have it, but you married someone who has it, and it, it doesn't make it easier. Like even having that knowledge, and I feel I could sense that guilt as you were talking about. Well, you know, no matter how bad I feel about it or how hard I think I have it, it's not compared to how my husband feels. And I, I, I mean, that kind of showed empathy on behalf. But know that what you're experiencing is valid. The frustration that comes with it. And perhaps, you know, talking about those cage feelings, you're probably holding back in expressing those frustrations because you don't want to put that double pressure on it. So I hope you find time to, you know, find someone to talk to and express all of that. And I I speak because I do suffer from, you know, some bit of mental illness. My husband doesn't. And hearing you talk, I put my husband in your shoes. Like, I hope he's finding someone to talk to because he doesn't talk to me all the time about how he feels or how, when I'm in the throes of things, how that affects him. And he's not doing that because he doesn't think he can talk to me. I know, knowing the kind of person he is, he tries not to say all of that because he doesn't want to put that dead pressure on me. So, you talking about that is really humbling to me. And so, it got me thinking about. How can I make the load lesser for, you know, this person that I've committed to do life with? Because I'll tell you this, honestly, when we end, I don't know what your husband has, and I'm not going to equate my experience with him, is that there's a lot of guilt that comes with having that because we know at the back of our minds that we're not being our best version right now. And you have kids involved, which is a totally different variable. And so I kind of imagine the, you know, extra layer of pressure and that comes with Plus, you know, um, your LDS, you believe in the LDS church. You still have your community, like you said. But it seems like there's a lot that is on your plate right now. And like you call them, they're still emotional ones. But all of this to say that um, I love your heart and I love just, you know, how genuine you were in expressing all of that. And I could see that you were doing that thing of, I'm not sure if I want to share this because it's not just my story. It has layers of my husband in it. Because I go through that when I talk about some personal stuff. But I love that you're open about it because it's something that's still very real for you. You're not trying to talk about something that happened 10 years ago. It's still an ongoing narrative in your household. So I'm sending you all of, you know, good wishes and I'll put you in prayers and, you know, know that what you're going through is a lot. But I pray that you overcome it and you guys can strengthen your family unit to where it needs to get to be. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now, um, you, you've done more than 75 tapings. You've talked to people 
from all over i have looked at your lineup of guests there are people like from different places different experiences you've talked to men you've talked to women if you could just do like a summary like a content analysis of people who have gone through some murky stuff because there's some very deep stuff like that man who's you know spouse committed suicide like the other guy you know whose wife left him and he couldn't stare himself in the mirror anymore and you know different people with different stories what do you think is that one thing that you say has helped your guests overcome you know now when i say overcome i'm not saying poof they're gone you know yeah it's like a spectrum as you know you, you acknowledge that loss but it still doesn't take away the hurt like what's that one piece of advice you give to somebody that is going through something based on your experience having such a wonderful platform as yours how can we overcome all of these things in life that we go through you know i think one of the biggest things is allowing yourself to feel that really and we kind of talked about that a little bit at the beginning but when you're trying to push away your feelings it makes it more difficult to actually work through them it's it's usually when people accept that they have something that's hard that they have to work through and they accept those feelings they allow themselves to actually go through the emotions that they're experiencing Mm. and working through those things that's when really big things start to actually happen and change is when you allow yourself to feel uh if you will just give me one second to share a little quote from please go ahead that i kind of took from someone that was on my podcast yeah I think it's so amazing. It's a, I put it, I changed it a little bit. So it's in affirmation form, but this is kind of coming from someone who was on my podcast. I allow myself to feel what my soul and body want me to feel. And I think there's so much in that. There is so much healing that can be found when we allow ourselves to feel what our souls and our bodies want us to feel. And when you start working through that, that is where so much healing and strength and growth comes. Uh, just making me cry because that's hard. Uh-huh. You know? And when you were saying that, I just took that inside of me. And, you know, and I think I mentioned that earlier on how my therapist just called me out on that like I've caged my feelings I'll do anything but just sit with my feelings I would I'll climb Kilimanjaro I don't even like to climb mountains I'll do I'll do all the hard stuff I'll bury myself in work I'll give to the poor I'll do everything but just to sit with my feelings because I'm afraid of what it's going to show me and I'm afraid that you know I have bottled some of them in for so long that I don't even remember anymore but I'm still there they're still praying and begging to be let out that's hard, Kaleen. And you saying that right now, I feel, I feel called out. Not knowing, you know, knowing, you, know, you, know, you know, like you're judging me, because yeah. you, know, you don't even know how this was eating me when you were saying that. Yeah. But you, you do a podcast thinking you're just going to talk to somebody and share stories. But this is the moment I'll tell you really, because I'm crying right now. That I guess it's telling you something, and you realize that this is not just for your audience, your neighbor's audience. That was the word for you as well. And so thanks for reminding me. I don't know how I'm going to get started with that. And I don't believe that things happen in coincidence, right? 
Because this morning, yeah. I, like I said earlier, my therapist was just telling me just that, like, you need to be able to express your feelings. And you saying that right now, you know, what's going to be the third sign? Something just hitting me on my forehead before I get to sign. <laughs> I just want to say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Yeah. And it's a, it's a slow and difficult process, but it's always worth it. I want to imagine, you know, I'm hearing it from two people today and, you know, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, before you go, where can people find you? So Scars We Share, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's like on all of the podcast apps, uh, Scars We Share is everywhere. My pod, my website is scarswishare.com. And yeah, like it's a beautiful website, just, by the way. It's very black, so black and white tones. I love it. <laughs> yes, and that's all my husband. My husband does like oh, all my design for me. Thank you. <laughs> He's fantastic. So yes, yeah, scarswishare.com, and there's like everything on there. And if you like, even if you just search scars we share, I'm like everything on the first page so (laughs) (laughs) just do that and you'll find me but yeah scarsofshare.com i'm on all of the podcasting apps as far as i'm aware i don't think there's anything that i'm not on (laughs) anyways thank you so much for being a part of the show today i i don't mean swords when i say that i thank you so much for your vulnerability and for being forthcoming about some of the not just the scars but also some of the wound you're currently going through and um i i really enjoyed my time with you today and i hope it was the same for you as well thank you very much thank you all right all right guys well this was the show with kane we've talked a lot about scars emotional ones physical ones and how to overcome it all i hope that this was very encouraging for you here if you like more of these episodes don't forget to check out the podcast on www.mostable.com or anywhere you listen to your podcast itunes or apple as they call it um spotify stitcher wherever wherever just go you know catch up on the past episodes well thank you so much guys i remain your host masibo catch you guys on another episode of the merciful podcast all right kaylee like how do you feel though how was it this was so good thank you so much for having me on seriously like oh, oh this was so good it was so good Hey listeners, this has been another episode of the Morsible Podcast. What do you think about today's episode? Do you have a question or feedback you'd love to provide? A suggestion for a future guest? We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram at Morsible or email us at talktomo at morsible.com. Your suggestion might just end up being featured on a future episode of the podcast. Cannot wait to hear back from you. Do visit our official website at www.mostible.com. That is www.mosibyl.com where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and amazing guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Leave us a rating or review as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and reaching more amazing listeners like you. We always appreciate your support. Thank you for always listening.